Are you living the crazy life of a sports parent? This is Sports Parenthood, the podcast packed with cool conversations with sports people, coaches and professionals for rookie sports parents just like you. You'll hear nuggets of gold in every episode with your hosts, fellow sports parents, John and Tiffany Bonacera. Being in the presence of the family pet, and again, for the sake of um, ease of conversation, I'll just assume at the moment we're talking dogs, Mm -hmm. allows us to feel better, allows us to be less stressed, allows us to increase our sense of motivation and our and attention and our ability to to engage and learn and all of these things have an impact both at a human and at an athletic level If you're a regular listener to Sports Parenthood, you may recognise the voice of our guest today. He spoke to us last year about the impact of COVID disruptions on our sports kids. In the first episode of our new series of the show, sports psychologist Rob Brown joins us again to talk about a topic that is increasing in prominence, pets and sports performance. It's a feel-good approach and it really works. It's well documented animals can help reduce stress, anxiety and depression and ease loneliness. Animals have been used in settings like hospitals and airports for their calming qualities, but lesser known is that athletes are using animals to up their mental game. So why are animals helpful for athletes? We dig into the research and we discuss the example of the 2016 Swimming US Olympic Trials where organisers invited about 30 pet therapy dogs to the event in an effort to relieve the anxious swimmers. It was considered a bit unorthodox at the time, not so much anymore, John. You're going to love this conversation. It's heartwarming, it's insightful, and it provides just the perspective we all need right now. Oh, and don't worry, if you don't have a traditional pet like a dog or cat in your household, listen in for the many other ways and opportunities athletes, including your sports kids, can connect with animals and reap the benefits. Here's Rob. Well, I I guess essentially, Tiffany, and um, thanks so much for the invite and and hello again, it's it's great (laughs) to be back. But I I, I think essentially they're they're beneficial for athletes because they're beneficial for humans. You know, um, the bond between human beings and dogs is something that goes back uh, across our lifespans, across our collective memories, across our individual experiences. And just as they help human beings, you know, remain calm and feel loved and be positive and very much present focused. They do the same for athletes. You know, when we when we talk about an athlete's mental game, often we're looking at clear mindedness, clarity of thought, positivity, the ability to 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 switch off and and to focus uh, on the important things, the ability to 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 be fresh and mm-hmm. calm, mm-hmm. and all of these things are improved by association and ownership and uh, proximity to animals and most of the research is on dogs i don't think the benefits are necessarily strictly exclusive limited to dogs dogs, Mm -hmm. or limited to dogs but but most of the research is around dogs because i guess the, the relationship between human beings and pets is is dominated to a large extent by dogs you know that's that's the they're the animal that that are most closely bonded to human beings uh, across most environments and that's where most of the research information currently exists both 
causal and correlational. So things causal meaning that you know they're directly linked to particular attributes and benefits, or correlational meaning that it's more anecdotal and that people mm-hmm. just assume that this is the case because it, it makes sense. Mm. Yes. You know, when we're around pets, when we're around our own um, pets, our own dogs, if if that's what we're talking about, mm. there's a sense of calm. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of routine. There's that relationship which is based on unconditional acceptance and love. There's uh, that sense of identity that we have as owners. There's the trust that dogs give in us, that they place in us and that we give to them. There's the affiliation that we feel between them. There there are a whole range of benefits, both for the human being and for the athlete. And so whether we're talking about wellness Mm -hmm. or performance, Mm -hmm. the research is growing that, that animals uh, play a productive and positive role in, um, in any particular athletic environment. Speaking of research, Rob, and of dogs, it has shown through some studies that spending as little as 12 minutes with a therapy dog, for example, can lower anxiety by 24% and reduce levels of the stress hormone epinephrine by up to 17%. So I guess what we're asking is that the physiological benefits then become quantifiable. Absolutely. And, you know, if we're looking at physiological benefits, we can, we can look at it at a chemical level. So the presence of dogs and, and, and particularly the contact that we have with dogs. Dogs are very, very tactile. Mm-hmm. There's, it's impossible to, to own a dog, to play with a dog, to coexist with a dog without a lot of touch mm-hmm. and contact. They, yep. they seek it out. We seek it from them. Um, petting, hugging, brushing playing fetch, wrestling with um, <laughs> toys, the whole the whole gamut, trying to get our slippers back from them. <laughs> so, you know, so we can get a whole lot of different chemical physiological benefits. Firstly, there's oxytocin, which increasingly is gaining prominence and, and, and understanding. It, 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 it links directly to the, the kind of bonding that mothers and infants connect mm-hmm. with on a chemical basis. Yeah. But it releases that same chemical of love and, and hormonal positivity if we're interacting with dogs. So there's an oxytocin feedback loop when we're in contact with mm. puppies mm. that's been demonstrated with dogs through the puppy-dog eye yes. um, phenomenon where you know the eyes become bigger, we look into their eyes mm-hmm. and we just feel better. Mm-hmm. We feel connected, we feel loved, we feel warm, we feel fuzzy, we feel all of the things that allows the dog who can throw those puppy-dog's eyes at you <laughs> to get the extra treat or be taken from the, the, the shelter and into the mm. family home. You know, dogs know how to connect yeah, with they do. things. They've learned how to do this. They can read emotion. They can, they can read emotion and empathize with it. They can read emotion and lift with it. And, mm. and oxytocin is, is definitely one of the physiological release mechanisms for this. The neurotransmitter dopamine, you know, the mm-hmm. brain releases this feel-good mm-hmm chemical whenever we're in the presence of dogs and it, it, it boosts mood it boosts motivation it increases attention you know and if you're looking at uh, the mental game of athletes positive mood a, a sense of motivation and an awareness of motivation focused attention uh, the ability to learn and improve all of these things are, are elemental uh, in in athletic development either at a professional or at a um, uh, at a learning level and so just those two physiological impacts in and among themselves mm-hmm. are, are beneficial. There's also uh, a chemical called uh, vasopressin, which helps 
modulate our response to stress uh, and helps us better accommodate social situations. So physiologically, being in the presence of the family pet, and again, for the sake of um, ease of conversation, I'll just assume at the moment we're talking dogs, mm-hmm. allows us to feel better, allows us to be less stressed, allows us to increase our sense of motivation and our and attention and our ability to, to engage and learn. And all of these things have an impact both at a human and at an athletic level. They also physically, um, this kind of um, contact helps reduce stress by um, lowering the resting heart rate, uh, by making us smile and laugh more so we release tension. <laughs> Through the, the warmth and contact of just another beating heart next to us, the effects are both real and, and they're also um, placebo. We, we, we feel it to be true. Mm-hmm. So even if there was no research indicating any of this, if we're we feeling feel it, it's better. true regardless. We feel better, and so that makes it better. You know, psychologically, aside from physiologically, psychologically, stress is reduced, mm. uh, anxiety is lessened. As I said before, motivation can be can be sharpened. For athletes, uh, in particular, in high pressure environments, burnout can be reduced because we're not just thinking about performance. We're not just thinking about outcome. We're not just thinking about what's next. We come back to the now and we have the, the social support and the bonding with that, uh, with that pet who's been there with us mm. before we were known by other people, before we had to step into a sporting field. They're a constant in our lives mm. and they bring us back to, I guess, what's most important in life. And it's not necessarily who we are as an athlete, it's, it's who we are as a human being and they connect with you as a human being. So, you know, when Ash Barty's dog looks at Ash Barty, they don't see Ash Barty, number one ranked tennis player, mm. now potentially off into a world of professional golf. Yes. They just see Ash Barty. Yeah. They just see the human who's always been with them. So it, it's a connection to, to the real world uh, and it's a connection to, I guess, what's important and what's um, instinctive to us as human beings and what we gravitate towards. Rob, speaking of Ash Barty, you mentioned her sort of love of dog dogs um, and animals and, and she has been very vocal about that. I believe she's actually an ambassador of perhaps um, a, an animal group as well. Um, she's been quoted as saying dogs provide a beautiful sense of perspective and she doesn't care and she said they don't care if I've won or lost, they just love me the same. How can a pet or interaction help young athletes in particular? Ash has got about five dogs, she doesn't does she? She does have five dogs, yes. Yeah, that's um, that's a real body party, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. You know, I, I, I guess Ash Barty is really interesting to talk about on a whole lot of definitely um, levels. You know, and particularly recently with her mm. announcement that she's absolutely away from tennis and 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 looking at other things. And you know, she's done it before. She's almost redefining what the athletic experience is, mm-hmm. and she's very much focusing on quality of experience not quantity yeah uh, uh and not a, not it's not about accumulating titles or wealth or or social status mm. through her identities as, as an athlete or a sports it's intrinsic yeah it's, it's about enjoying what you do and challenging yourself and experience ahead of expectation i guess you know i, I guess she's also a, a tennis player and although she's got a very core crew around her support people mm. that can be a, a lonely 
an isolating experience. So bonding with a with your pets, with those with those five pets creates that team. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's 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 both relevant to team athlete to team sports and to athletes who are in non team mm. sports. But particularly for athletes in non team sports, you can create a, a, a sense of bond or that teammate, which maybe comes more readily to, to athletes who engage in sports where they've got ready made teammates. But what we can learn from from dogs as athletes, again, uh, I don't think you can disconnect it to what you can learn from from dogs mm. as as people. Mm. Firstly, we we get a sense of social recognition from our ownership <laughs> or our bond with our dogs, mm. and and by that I mean that we we get to understand that we're responsible for another living mm-hmm. being, and that that responsibility means that we can't just think of ourselves yes. and we can't get lost in ourselves. We have to pay attention to what and who we're responsible for. We are able then to distract ourselves from both the successes and failures that sport can can mm. bring. So we don't get ahead of ourselves or behind ourselves mm. based on results on a tennis court or on a football field or in any other environment. We connect ourselves to who we are as a human being mm. and the responsibilities and the roles that we have towards our pets. And you know, so we get that balance between the sporting field and life. Yeah. The perspective, I guess, that, that Ash is talking about would be that you come off the tennis court and win or lose, the mm. dog still wants to play yeah. or the dog still wants to run or the dog still wants food or the dog still uh, wants your lap. <laughs> and you're no better or worse to them regardless of what silverware you do or don't have with you. That that's what matters, that that relationship's what matters and that they accept you no matter what. They love you unconditionally, no matter what. You don't have to prove yourself to them through sport. Uh, they can watch you play. They could be sitting yes. in that um, in that player's box and they could be following <laughs> the ball. Maybe they want to actually go and chase it and get it into their mouths <laughs> and run off with it. But they can be following the game so you can share that experience with them in a, in a way that doesn't provide pressure, that provides comfort. Because mm. sometimes when we perform in front of those we love, human beings, we feel or we place expectation or we imagine mm. uh, a pressure on ourselves that we want to please mum or dad or partner or friend mm. or teammate when uh, we don't put those same sense, that same sense of expectation if we're playing mm-hmm. or performing in front of a pet because I guess we see it more as play than performance. Mm. Mm. And when a dog is in a park, they're doing all the things that an athlete does when they're performing. Yeah. You know, they run, they catch, they jump, they leap, they change direction. But they very much do it in a sense of play. So yes. they continue that sense of play. And I guess no athlete at the elite level has ever gotten there without first being an athlete Playing. who just wants to play, who just wants to play. And I think sometimes we lose that sense of play. But but dogs that's around them all the time, that sense of play and that sense of playfulness. They can soothe us. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I might have mentioned before, they're very good at picking up emotional cues and research has shown that they're good at picking up both physical and verbal emotional cues from human beings. So they can sit with us and soothe us if we've been disappointed on the field. They can join us in celebrations and, (laughs) you know, dance with us to to loud music or, or run around in joy. They can follow us and they can lead us. You know, it's it's a very 
dynamic and powerful relationship. But they're also amazing role models. You know, they show us what loyalty is. Uh, if you go to a park, and um, I'll be heading off to a park at some point today whilst the sun is still uh, shining. Yes, indeed. Um, with, with, with my two crazy little chihuahuas, <laughs> uh, and I use that term advisedly. <laughs> but there's a boldness. There's a boldness yes. when you see dogs playing. They take risks because they enjoy what they're doing in the moment. They're joy-making, yes. uh, not just risk-taking. They're positive. They're enthusiastic. They repeat repeat and repeat and repeat True. the process of chasing a stick in order True. to achieve an outcome. Yes. You know, so they stick to a task <laughs> and they find the internal reward. I know often they're given treats and they, you know, which dog doesn't love a treat? <laughs> but they also play for the sense of yes. just play yes. and enjoyment. They don't need the treat in order to, to have that engagement with the task mm. or that joy in the world. And they very much live in the moment, in the world of the senses. They don't. They aren't thinking too far ahead. They're, it's now and next, now and next. And they express what they're feeling. And I think sometimes we we hold that in to our own detriment, both in a positive and a negative sense. You know, we don't let people in, and sometimes that means we take on too much for ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Whereas dogs are always letting people in. Mm. And, and sharing in their emotional state. And at the very least, you know, I know that we can express joy. And if we can express joy the way a dog expresses joy, you know, the world would be a better place, I think. Great. 100% it would. 100%. <laughs> Everything you were saying is, it's so is resonating lovely. for us sitting here, both growing up with dogs. But funnily enough, Rob, we, we actually have a cat that walked into our lives about three mm -hmm. years ago through the louvers at the the place we were living in at the time and as they do he yes. he honestly now he owns has, us. he's become what you're describing yes. except for the fetch but but he, he will he will wrestle and he will play and and his heartbeat and he will come and sit close and like tiffany will work during the day and when she's working from home he will literally climb up onto her desk chair and sit behind push me off behind her <laughs> to be close yeah and um you know and he was a free spirit obviously on arrival and uh, as tiffany alluded to he now runs the house <laughs> He's the and boss. It's a, but but we love him it's funny yeah, yeah. and neither of us yeah. have ever had a cat in our lives so yeah, it's for, lovely yeah. Yeah, and it's been a, a big we were still thinking dogs we're still thinking dogs. Our girls are thinking dogs yeah, for I sure. Yeah, we'll have a chat about it after the interview. In, yeah. in a more formal setting, Rob, and an example was the 2016 US Swimming Olympic Trials where organisers invited about 30 therapy dogs to the event in an effort to relieve anxious swimmers. And it was considered to be unorthodox at the time. Do you know any more about that or perhaps any other examples of similar events? I certainly know that um, increasingly dogs... Um, well, once again, I'll, I'll stay with dogs. That's even okay. I just had yep. that lovely story about cats. <laughs> but but animals, dogs are becoming uh, a more familiar and recognisable and normal part of the athletic environment, both in a, in a, in a formal sense and in a non-structured sense. And it makes sense mm. when you think about it because if you look to any park, if you look to anywhere where human beings gather or collect, yes, you'll find dogs. dogs. Human beings and dogs just go together they mm. we have evolved together socially they're embedded in our lives and and they know how to live in harmony with us they, they their 
survival depends upon mm. living in harmony with us. And they're extraordinarily sociable, uh, with the possible exception of my two chihuahuas that I mentioned <laughs> earlier. Um, and so living alongside humans are part of their ecology. Wherever you see humans, you'll see dogs. So increasingly in sport, that's the case too. Mm. Now, the, the model, I guess, began through health. Uh, and Tiffany, you were mentioning some of the, the research and mm. some of the, um, the hospital experiences and the, the, mm -hmm. the therapy dogs are becoming more and more prominent, certainly in schools yes. and prisons and all kinds yes. of environments, um, nursing homes. I, I know dogs mm. are, go into and all kinds of pets. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a, a professional setting or a park setting, whether it's an elite setting or an elementary setting from a from a, a, a hotel that that is embedding a professional sporting team mm -hmm. to a to a home to a domestic environment, whether it's a team coach ride or the family car ride, you will see dogs around teams. Now, some are intentionally there to relieve the stress that we were talking about before, to diminish anxiety, to provide distraction, to raise levels of oxytocin mm -hmm. and dopamine, to provide um, a routine and a focus on relationships away from a sporting uh, context to, to increase that sense of trust and, and affiliations. You know, if you think about a, um, that, that your swimming experience, mm -hmm. a lot of those athletes, they didn't interact with the dogs a, a lot, mm -hmm. but just the presence of the dog yep. and knowing that that dog is there is a calming influence. Yeah, Perhaps it's a calming influence for an athlete who's a long way from home, mm -hmm. who's yeah, missing true. their own pet. Perhaps it's just one glance at that dog or one bit of a tummy scratch or, or a pat as you go past that allows the athlete to lose or yep. lessen some of the anxiety, to diminish some of the stress, to get that oxytocin hit mm. and to then to refocus mentally on, on the task ahead. But mm. conversely, at the end of a, a performance where an athlete, if they're in disappointment, might be pushing people away mm -hmm. and, and wanting some alone time it's very rare that a human being who wants to be alone ever pushes a pet away. Mm. So they provide that knowledge. company and that companionship and that contact. So increasingly in, in university settings where sports teams are in um, professional organizations, whether those teams travel across countries or across states or across cities, animals are becoming incorporated into that team environment, either from a wellness uh, perspective to to engage with mental health mm -hmm. and to help the the human uh, element of the athlete just feel better about themselves and to um, to connect with what makes them not just a better athlete but a better person. Mm. But they're also becoming more and more prominent in aiding with performance mm -hmm. and and even if it's just that level of we're making a non-stressful environment here. We're making a safe environment here. We're making an environment here where you can feel safe and it's a trusted inner group and then you go out and perform. And, you know, if you think about it, I guess for a long, long time, you only saw uh, animals or, or dogs at, at sporting events as mascots mm -hmm. or as good luck symbols, yes. you know, so they were kind of... yeah used for what they could give yeah. a branding to the team rather than True. naturally embedded in the team. Yeah. But now they're becoming incorporated as part of the team, mm -hmm. as part of the group, not just as an add-on, but as a very valuable embedded member. And if Ash Barty has 
five, then I'm sure there'll be a lot of <laughs> there'll be a lot people with players looking to have six. Indeed. <laughs> Whatever she's got, the world needs more of. Yeah, and you know, and if and if she's got five and she's risen to where she rose and then has the confidence to move into the next direction, then mission accomplished, job done. You know, mm-hmm. it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and athletes and coaches will use anything that works, you know. You know, this happens to be a feel-good story that works. But but animals don't get in the way of performance. They they help us as human beings and they help us as athletes and as performers. They make us better. So, Rob, for sports parents who are worried, all these beautiful benefits you've been talking about, that they don't have a traditional pet like a dog or a cat, can other animals provide helpful benefits as well? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mentioned it a few times I've been talking predominantly about dogs just because that's the nature of where most of the research yes. lays because that's where most of the uh, the relationship between human beings and, and, and animals or, or pets, that's, that's most of our experience. Mm. But increasingly that's opening up mm. and broadening. And, you know, we have to remember that everybody has their own particular take on the world and their own mm. particular um, yeah. connection Tastes. with with and tastes with animals and with the environment mm-hmm. and and their own particular domestic setup you know yes. some of us don't have a whole lot of um space mm. you know we're, we're more contained in that so i think any animal mm. to varying degrees will will you know will give these same positive yeah. benefits you know i saw a I performer main... last night rob on the voice with a snake well <laughs> there you yeah. see now see to me i i couldn't Imagine myself um, being calm around a snake. No, but no, me a, too. But it was actually yeah. quite They've amazing to watch. Strong relationship. And, it, mm. and it, the snake clear. Well, what appeared clearly mm. by its movements was enjoyed the music. Like you could see wow. the snake moving, yeah. and they kept the camera person obviously kept panning back to show that the snake was loving it with the family members that were watching on from the side of the stage, and yeah. it was it was quite intriguing. <laughs> Well, you know, and whether it's your cat sneaking through the louvers to ingratiate um, <laughs> themselves into the family or the snake moving in time with the music, animals pick up the rhythm of our life, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's, that's, and they, they enhance it and they, it's a symmetrical relationship and it's a, it's a relationship that just, that feeds both, you know, uh, dogs are ahead of the curve in terms of the research because of how long they've been domesticated, mm. but every interaction is, is unique and, and, you know, for an, you know, so any any pet that you love and any pet that loves you, be they snake, be they cat, be they dog, bird fish, be they bird fish, whatever it may happen to be, is going to give you some of these benefits mm-hmm. or all of these benefits. You know, so if, if part of the benefit of owning a, a pet is that you can release some energy by running your Great Dane in the park mm-hmm. and get that physical burn go for it if it's a small rabbit in a cage and what you're gaining there is a, a, a low level activity as you clean the cage to get rid of a bit of butterflies the morning before performance if it's if it's the bird that you've just mentioned and you're there's no physical task there but you learn you're trying to teach it uh, a few words yeah. so there's a mental distraction yep. there's a lot of different ways mm-hmm. that you can interact with pets to get these benefits i guess it's not so much what type of pet it's more the, the the quality of the animal or what the animal can, mm. can bring to your quality of life. So, you know, um, pets that are well-tempered, particularly if we're talking about putting them into a bigger environment, mm. if they're at home, um, they can have the temperament that suits the home. 
but you know if you're taking them to the park to to watch performance mm. you know pets that are well tempered that are well socialized mm. that enjoy human touch might be trickier for a fish but you know <laughs> some fish yeah. you know i know that when we had fish they would come right you know, up even the act of the, feeding they the come surface. they come to the and surface and it, it just makes you feel good yeah, yeah it does Indeed. it's so true you know, if you if you if they are coming to the park on a Saturday morning or into the the car as you you know find yourself going across the city to to get to that sporting event with everybody other sporting family on a <laughs> on a weekend to, to be comfortable in a busy environment or a stressful mm. surrounding. It's I think what animals give you, and particularly again you see this when you get to the park and and you just see people at play with their pets. Yeah, it, it's participation without pressure mm. and if you can participate to me that's the main thing in sport mm. not winning mm-hmm. not losing participation just being involved in it and if if you can find that participation increases because of the uh, the presence or the proximity of your pet then they are only bringing good things mm. you know mm-hmm. uh, research also says that that the positive feelings that you get out of an interaction. So, you know, if, I, if the fish comes, the guppy comes to the surface in the morning <laughs> as I feed it and it makes me feel good because, you know, she loves me, then I feel good about that yeah. throughout the day. I don't need to take the bowl with me as I go out. I mean, mm-hmm. I can if I want to, but I don't need <laughs> to. The, the calmness, the, the relaxation, the happiness, it, it, it follows me throughout the day. It's, mm. It translates across environments even just from the smallest and the briefest of interactions. So, you know, uh, I know that for some players who travel mm. and who travel a lot, just the idea and the knowledge that back at the hotel, their pet is waiting for them. Mm. And increasingly hotels are becoming pet friendly, mm, and environments are becoming pet friendly, and the world is opening up um, to, I guess, a new normal. I guess one thing COVID has done is that as the world yeah. reopens, it opens up to a new level of normal and, and COVID certainly shone a spotlight on the importance of animals definitely, and the relationships that we have with them. And just the knowledge that, again, I'll use Ashbadi, that those five dogs are waiting for her if they happen to be on tour for her, that creates a whole world of calm and peace and serenity that then allows you to go out and pursue your dreams at the highest level if that's where you happen to be. Rob, I'm going to throw you a curveball mm-hmm. and and say in your role as a psychologist or sports psychologist, you've had capacity to work with a lot of high-profile athletes without being specific about any individual. Do you do any work or have discussions at this level with any pet owners that are high-profile athletes? Um, see if I can fetch that curveball. Like <laughs> um, look, certainly, again, anecdotally, there are most of the athletes that I have spoken with, they love their pets. Mm-hmm. They, they love their pets. And their pets are a go-to, particularly uh, when things aren't going well. I mean, the, the, most people talk to a sports psychologist to try to find their way back to a certain level. So normally, yeah. I'm not talking with with athletes when things are going great. I think more and more that's happening because it's a bit like, dental hygiene if you keep ahead of the curve mm. then you know <laughs> yeah. then you don't then you have don't to see it yeah. <laughs> yeah but but certainly if i'm talking with an athlete there's only ever joy when they talk about the time they spend with their dog or getting away from you know if we're talking regularly getting away from the pressure 
mm. um, the physical and emotional pressure of of a of that particular game, yeah. just to the joy in the local park because you can be the highest profile player in the world, but in the park in your shorts and thongs with your dog, you're just <laughs> the guy with the stick or the girl with the stick, and mm-hmm. throw it to me. And again, it <laughs> brings that whole level of normalcy and relatability that you know who you are and mm. you know what's real and and performance is only one part of that bigger dynamic but certainly in one of the teams that i'm working with at the moment there have been discussions and they travel internationally and domestically um, there have been discussions particularly among the leadership group of incorporating animals and dogs into that environment um, because most have dogs that they've left at home. Mm -hmm. Most have pets that they've left at home. Most of the screen savers on most of the phones are their pets. And, you know, the only possible disharmony from that group might come on when it's decided upon which pet do we bring into. Indeed. There are so many. (laughs) Can I bring three? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Ash Barty's five might seem like nothing. Um, Indeed. You know, it might be a wolf pack running around. Yeah. So, so it's certainly becoming part of the norm. Okay. And and I think that's only beneficial for both the athlete, the the team. You know, because if you get these benefits from from as an individual, you, you all get it. Momentary 100%. experience. Yeah, one person gets it; they all get it. Um, totally agree. And also for the animal themselves. Yeah, you know, true. Because, you know, they're they're they, part of the environment and they're, they're being they're loved like. and patted and. <laughs> They've got multiple yeah. people to throw them a ball or to give them a tummy scratch. It's a good scratch. job, actually, for yeah. new and, uh, emerging roles within sporting teams, the person that looks after the animal. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah animals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Rob, finally, do you have any um, thoughts on final thoughts on pets and sports performance? I guess we've touched on them, most of them, but, but uh, the story about um, the cat, um, I guess, picks this up and the girls and and wanting a going back to a dog at some point uh, you know for me i think the two and i'm, I'm talking personally now yes. i'm talking as a psychologist the two things that defined my childhood i think and and i think that that are wonderful if parents are able to introduce at least one of these two things into their own children's worlds uh Sport and you know, given the the nature of the podcast, I know that our audience, are, you know, yes. anybody listening in, has introduced their child to the world of sport. Mm-hmm. So I think if you if you're exposed as a um, child to sport, it just enhances your life exponentially. It teaches you all of those things that uh, have been the topics of all of the previous mm-hmm. podcasts and the podcasts to come. It just makes you a better person, all up. Okay, yeah. apart from the enjoyment of the sport. But I think the other defining characteristic of a of a of a wonderfully experienced childhood is pet ownership, regardless of what that pet might be. You know, from the um, procession of goldfish um, <laughs> that, that we may have, and that that mum or dad may have to keep replenishing. If, in the in late case, at night, <laughs> yeah. Yes, in case things are yeah. going so well. similar moments early on in our yeah. existence as parents, or you know, as the introduction to what. Sadness yeah, is, and what true. letting yes. go is, and what grief, grief is, is yeah. you know. But but I think a, a childhood lived with a sporting context, surrounded by pets or with a pet, is a well-lived childhood. Is a beautiful childhood, and and I think regardless of whatever that that pet may be, and again the because of the domestic environment and because of financial constrictions. Yes. The connection may be to the pet that belongs to the teammate or to the the coach's dog who comes along in the back of the (laughs) ute um, 
whatever that connection may be, whatever that experience may be, it just helps you be better people. And so irrespective of whether you become a better athlete, you learn so much about life and love and connection and loyalty and what's really valuable. And, you know, um, and I think as Ash Barty said, I'm quoting her a lot, <laughs> who better to quote, it's perspective. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the perspective is, you know, if, if you can be the person who your dog thinks you are, <laughs> you know, and it's an old saying, then that makes you a wonderful person. So I think it gives us something to aspire to and to be, to be better at and to, to feel better for. So I think they're the, they're the, they're the main things I'd like to say. That it, and, and again, everybody has an individual experience with this. And, and, and just because the research says it works for this cohort or um, in this environment, you may want to tweak it for your own particular yeah. environment and what's practical for you and what's important for you and what fits into the, to the family home. But, um, Thank you. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think it's it's a wonderful topic, as I've said before, yes. and and I think it would just become less of a um, a, a topic of, isn't this yep. isn't this curious yes. to be more dominant and mainstream yes. and and something that we we don't necessarily talk about so much anymore because it's just it's a matter just, of, we of do life. Yeah, it is quite it is quite normal. Speaking right. of which, um, I understand uh, your time and and you've got things to do, including going and walking your chihuahuas. Now, what are their names, Rob? Um, they're Puck and Zuzu. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, and actually, we're going to go to the park and we're going to go for a run. They've just um, great. They've become a little bit more athletic of late. Uh, so, um, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so I'll be off to the park with them to get this last bit of sunshine yes. before um, the the weather is about to turn. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it doesn't even matter when this podcast might be listened to because the way the Sydney weather's been it's lately, it's been a bit um, tough, mate. It's more or less the same. But, but yeah. So a shout out to to Puck and Zuzu, yes. and you know, my only other reminder to anybody um, out there with a um, with a dog is is just enjoy every experience that you have with them because um, mm. they they enjoy it, yeah. and if you can reflect that back, everyone's a winner. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Thanks, that mate. was uh, that was amazing. That Thank was you so much. Really good. That's gold. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sports Parenthood. Please leave a review, share with your friends, or visit our website sportsparenthood.com.au to connect. Catch you next week.